Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord with you. Good to, to turn again to the Word. I was able to take a week of vacation last week, so uh, I thank you, uh, or thanks to the staff who filled in for me as, as I took some time to get away. Um, and as we came back, it kind of came back to uh, a busy week with Ash Wednesday service and uh, the celebration of life service um, this past, or yesterday. Um, but as we cross the threshold past Ash Wednesday, we welcome ourselves into a new season of the church calendar year. Welcome to Lent. Ash Wednesday is that, that marker for us in, in the church calendar year that, that, that turns the corner into the season of Lent. And we're reminded during Ash Wednesday that, that our lives are simply dust, that, that our lives are, are so frail, that our lives are so temporary, um, and, and that it is from dust that we have come and to dust that we'll, we will return. Um, and yet as we live these lives, as God has invited us into living this life, we're invited into following him and trusting him. And, and Lent is that journey toward Calvary, that journey towards Holy Week and towards Easter and all that we will be reminded of in, that, in the course of that time. And as significant and profound as it all is, this, this time leading up, this season of Lent, is a time of preparation for us, a time where we turn our attention towards Christ in significant ways so that we can be prepared for what will happen as we worship um, during Holy Week. Um, I, made, I made a commitment uh, to you uh, to kind of hold to the Old Testament as much as I could through, throughout our Old Testament class. We've been doing a class on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. To, to really look into the Old Testament and some of the ways that, that there might be some misconceptions about what the Old Testament is and how it applies to our lives. It's been, it's been a lot of fun, but, but today's reading comes from the Old Testament reading from the lectionary um, and can be found in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 26. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to turn with me to Deuteronomy 26, or if you have a device that, that helps you read Scripture, um, as many of us do, you can point it in that direction. Today I'll be reading from Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 through 11, out of reverence for the reading of God's Word. Those who are willing and able, would you please stand as we read together this morning, verses 1 through 11 from Deuteronomy 26. Once you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you take possession of it and are settled there, take some of the early produce of the, of the fertile ground that you have harvested from the land the Lord your God is giving, giving you, and put it in a basket. 
Then go to the location the Lord your God selects for his name to reside. Go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I am declaring right now before the Lord my God that I have indeed arrived in the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest will then take the basket from you and place it before the Lord your God's altar. Then you should solemnly state before the Lord your God. My father was a starving Aramean. He went down to Egypt living as an immigrant there with few family members. But that is where he became a great nation, mighty and numerous. The Egyptians treated us terribly, oppressing us and forcing hard labor on us. So we cried out for help to the Lord, our ancestors, God. The Lord heard our call. God saw our misery, our trouble, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, with awesome power and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land full of milk and honey. So now I am bringing the early produce of the fertile ground that you, Lord, have given me. Set the produce before the Lord your God, bowing down before the Lord your God. Then celebrate all the good things the Lord your God has done for you and your family, each one of you, along with the Levites and the immigrants who are among you. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, this morning, following the lectionary readings, we kind of get to dive a little bit into, into Deuteronomy. Now, Deuteronomy is one of the first five books of the Bible, also known as the Torah, right? Um, these first five books. And, and Deuteronomy, I think, particularly, is known for containing the law. It's, it's a recitation of the law. Um, but, but really, as we look at the whole book, um, much of it is written... Uh, as Moses speaking to the people. Uh, I think when we think about Deuteronomy, that's the law is kind of what comes to the forefront, kind of what we think of. Um, but much of the book is actually Moses talking to the Israelite people. Um, and in fact, like the, the opening 11 chapters, if you look through, through one, chapters 1 through 11, you'll find a lot of quotation marks around what's being written there because it's, it's Moses kind of giving an, an introductory speech to to the people of Israel. And the, and the closing eight chapters are, are kind of the same way. Moses speaking to the people and giving instructions. And these chapters in the middle, from, from chapter 12 kind of through chapter 26, really are the, are the recounting of the laws that we find in Deuteronomy. Now, in our reading kind of comes from that section, right? Deuteronomy 26 is kind of the, the close of the, the, the reciting of the law that Moses gives. And we kind of wonder, as you, as you listen to the story of, of Israel and you listen to what's been happening, um, these speeches that, that Moses has been giving are really for the people who've been a part of this Israelite nation. Now, we, we go back into Numbers, uh, the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14, and we find the story that's, that, might, that might be familiar to you. In, in that time. It's the story of, of the Israelite people coming to the promised land, the, the land that God had promised them for the first time. And they, they decide, well, let's go see how good this land really is. And so they choose 12 people, one person, from, one man from each tribe to go out and kind of uh, survey the land, 
right? Uh, to, to, to kind of be spies, to go check it out, to see what they're really getting themselves into, right? And these 12 spies who had gone into the land of Canaan come back to the Israelite nation. And it says they had this great bounty of fruit. Uh, sometimes you see pictures of, of like men walking with poles and in between the poles is this big, big thing of looks like grapes, right? Big, big harvest of, I've never seen grapes that big, um, in my lifetime. Um, but, but just this great bounty, they, they reported back, the land is fertile. The land is rich and it's, it's prosperous. There's a problem. <laughs> There's people already living there. <laughs> There's people already there. They're in our way. What are we going to do? I don't, I don't think this is going to go well. That's what they say. They say, maybe we should go back to Egypt. You know, we kind of had our meals provided. It wasn't so bad back in Egypt. They actually picked a leader to, to, to take them back to Egypt. Oh, we're going to go back to Egypt, and you're going you're gonna to lead us back to Egypt in Numbers chapter 14. Two of the spies, two of the 12, said, it's okay. God has told us this is our land. Let's go claim the promised land that God had given us. Let's obey what God says. Well, majority won there, and they, and they chose not to go into, into the promised land. God, God kind of got upset with the Israelites and, and said, this generation is going to perish, so you will wander in the desert for 40 years. For 40 years, you will not take claim of this promised land. And so 40 years, they wandered in the desert. It's, it's likely that Deuteronomy really records this time of transition. So they had been wandering in this desert, and, and 40 years had gone by, and, and this generation of people who had made the decision were not going to go into Canaan. We're not going to take and claim the promise that God had given us. That generation had perished. And Moses actually was, was part of that, that generation, part of the, the group that, that was not allowed to go into the promised land. In fact, the only two people that were were Caleb and Joshua, the two spies that had said, let's obey. And everybody else had perished from that generation. So what was Moses doing? What is, what is Deuteronomy recording? Um, and it's likely... It's likely that, that Moses is explaining the Torah to this wandering generations. Forty years is a long time. I've been alive 40 years and a few. Uh, not, not too much, more than that. But 40 years is, is a long time. A long time had passed since they had been settled, since they hadn't been wandering in the desert. And, and it's like Moses is kind of giving final instructions, final ad admonitions, because he was part of the, the Israelite nation that couldn't enter into the promised land. Only Caleb and Joshua were given that right. And he leaves this instruction. So he kind of introduces this, this section of scripture with these early speeches and then recounts the law and then has these closing, closing words. And it's in this chapter 26 that he says, when you have settled, when you arrive, when you get to the point of claiming the promises of God, this is what I want you to do. He kind of leaves some, some rituals, some, some practices to do. I want to ask, what kind, of, what kind of family rituals or ceremonies or traditions do you people have in your family? 
You don't have to answer out loud. I just want to give you room to think. What traditions do you have? I was growing up. I grew up in Ontario, Oregon for much of my my growing up years, and we had family that lived in Bellevue, Washington, uh, my mom's parents, and we went to visit them at least once a year, usually two or three times a year, and we would drive. Um, And we knew that when we got to Hermiston and then crossed the river, there was something we had to do. Did your families do this? There's this song called Roll On Columbia, right? When, and my dad thought this was the coolest thing, that every time we drove over that bridge, over the Columbia River, we were going to sing as a family, Roll On, Columbia, Roll On. And, and I still know the song. I don't really like to sing it anymore. I got, I got it out of my system those days. Um, and I have not passed this tradition on to my kids, for which they're thankful, I think. Um, but this was, this was a marker. It was kinda, it, we kind of knew, okay, this is where we're crossing into Washington. We're about halfway there. Um, just kind of got to go up and then across the mountains again, and we would arrive at Grandma and Grandpa. So I'm not going to demonstrate the song for you either. But, but families do this sort of thing, right? We have these traditions. We have these ceremonies that we do. What's your ritual on, on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve? You have a ritual. You have a ceremony that you do. Some, some, fam- some kids get lucky and get to open all their presents on Christmas Eve. Others are like, no, no presents. Some are like, well, maybe one, maybe two. Um, Christmas morning, kids get up way too early. Stockings are first and move on. You know, we, we all have our traditions. We have our birthday traditions. We have these, these moments that are, are significant enough in our lives that we want to mark them with ceremonies or routines. And I think that's what Moses is doing here. I think that's, that's his point. I think that he knew God's promises. He was the one that had, had led the Israelite people out of Egypt. And he was there when the group decided, no, it looked, the people looked too strong. They looked too powerful. We're going to walk away. And, and Moses was, was thinking into the future of the time when the Israelite people would finally enjoy the promised land, when God had fulfilled the promise to the people of Israel and brought them into that place. And he says, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to respond. It's going to be such a, such a glorious moment for the people. Don't miss it. And what I love, one of the things I love is, is he talks about the first fruits. He talks about the first harvest. When we, when, what do we do when we get to enjoy this place? What, what, what's the natural inclination? I think it's like, oh, we finally made it. We can settle down. Oh, this feels good. We can get used to, to being in this place and to settling here. I think that's our natural tendency. I think that's what we do when, when a promise is fulfilled, when we're in a comfortable spot to say, oh, let's just enjoy this. Like when the weather starts to turn warm and you find a cozy spot in the sun, you can just enjoy it. And I think this is part of, part of Moses' call, part of Moses' not-so-with-you, our, our emphasis for this year saying, don't, don't fall into that natural place. I think, I think, gratefulness is 
like the vaccine or the antidote for entitlement. I think gratefulness is the vaccine or the antidote for entitlement. That sense of, yeah, I, de- I deserve this. Look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Look what we were able to do. Gratefulness is so important. Imagine, imagine the contrast. Imagine the contrast for the people of Israel. They had lived for 40 years with this sense of scarcity not knowing where they were headed, not knowing initially where their food, where their water would come from, what would sustain them. And then years and years and years and years of eating the same thing, manna, quail provided by the Lord. These wanderings had been so full of scarcity that this had been their lives. How do we survive? How do we make it? And now Moses is saying, when you get there, And when you arrive, take the very first portion. The very first portion of your harvest and go and give it back to God and remember that God has brought you to this place. Be grateful. This is not an entitlement situation. This is God has provided for us. And we bring the first harvest fruits in worship. To God. This runs counter to our natural, our, our natural state. Our natural normal is to say, I, I, I earned this, I deserve this, look at, look at what I've accomplished. I think gratefulness becomes this huge part of our walk with Christ. And, and Moses goes even a step further in his recommendation, in his recounting of this ceremony and this ritual that he wants them to do as, he, as they come into the land. In the second step, he encourages remembering. He, he, I love that word, to remember. It, literally, as you take the word apart, the meaning to remember something, to take the parts of the whole, the members, and to, to restitch them and to weave them back together. And Moses does that for them. He talks about these pieces of their history, this journey that they've been on, and says, when you get to that moment, when you cross the river, when you take claim of the land, take the members of your story and put them back in place. What are the pieces that, that Moses talks about? He talks about Israel or, or Jacob, the starving Aramean who was wandering and, and, and left without food in the days of famine. Remember when we talked about Joseph and, and him calling his father back? And, and they went down to Egypt and they grew into this great nation. But as they did so, they were oppressed. They were pushed down and, and persecuted, and they cried out to God, and, and, and God had heard their cries and brought us out of Egypt and brought us to this place, to this promised land. It is this remembering, this tying back together of the members of the story of the people of God that holds their stories together. They aren't just wanderers who happened upon this land for this is a fulfillment of what God had promised 
this past week we had had uh, that the Ash Wednesday service, um, and, and we had we had a great turnout of people who came to to worship on that night. Um, as we start this Lenten journey. And, and if you haven't had a chance, we do have books in the lobby to, to kind of give you readings for this Lenten journey. I encourage you to pick up one of those books and, and just follow with us as we, as we head toward, toward, toward uh, Easter um, this year. But as we enter into this season uh, of Lent, I'm struck by this idea that our, our journey and our course has been set. Once again, toward, toward Calvary, toward, toward the week of Jesus' passion, and crucifixion, and his resurrection. And much like the Israelites who found themselves on this journey, they, they were just right on the threshold of crossing over. Moses was in his final days. It says that Moses died and was buried on the other side of the Jordan, on the desert side of the Jordan, before the Israelite people crossed in to that promised land. And we're much in that same way. We're right on the, the precipice of, of, of this journey, headed towards Easter. And it's so important as we do that we be intentional. It's so important because we, we have to ask the question, what are we going to do in this time and in this season to mark this journey? Typical ideas or, or the putting off of something. What are we going to fast? What are we going to, to let go of during this time? We asked the question on Wednesday, what are we going to, to add to our rhythms? What are we going to put on during this season today? And let me tell you what the danger is. This is my danger. It may not be for you. This is my danger. Cruise control. Cruise control. Not, not, not in your car, not, not the cruise control there, although it can be dangerous. Um, but, but a lot of times I just go on cruise control. There's enough things to do in my life that I just kind of go from, what's the next thing that I need to get done this week? We can get caught in our, our routines, kind of mechanically going from, from one thing to the next that our lives get full and our lives get busy and, and there's enough to do, that we don't take that moment to say, what am I going to do over these next seven weeks that will prepare me for what we're about to experience, that, that will sharpen my focus, that will demand my attention as I, as I come to the cross of Christ? What will I do? Because there's enough things to keep me busy. And that's what I'm calling cruise control. There's, there's just enough things to, to keep me going from one day to the next. My prayer this year is may the Lord break us out of that rhythm this year. May we come alive again by a, by a remembering of the story, a putting back together of the story of God in our lives. Remember what God has done. Remember where he has taken us. That God is with us. God has been our provision and our rock through this journey. Amen. I'm going to ask the praise team to come and lead us in a closing song as we conclude. But I'm, I'm led to just ask a simple question this morning. Where has the wandering in the desert taken you this year? Where has your wandering in the desert 
taken you. The world is currently wandering in a lot of ways. Amen? <laughs> Do you see that? Do you see that from time to time? The world has a lot of wandering people. And when we're honest with ourselves, when we ask ourselves, we look inside. When I'm honest about myself, I say, you know, it happens to us all at times. Preachers are not exempt. But Lent is this chance to chart a course to set our eyes on the promises of God. To see and believe those promises fulfilled. Let, let's take the advice of, of Moses. Let's take the advice of Moses today. That, that upon the fulfillment of these promises, on coming into the land, on, on, on seeing the promises of God fulfilled, may our first fruit response be one of deep thankfulness. May that be the first thing we go to. And second, may we understand our lives as a part of the big story that God is telling, remembering those pieces of our past, the pieces that God has done. Our lives are part of a deeper and broader story, not forgetting what God has done and will continue to do not taking things for granted, not becoming entitled. As we start this Lenten journey together, what a powerful reminder this text gives us of how we're meant to live differently in our lives, to walk to a different beat, to be grateful, and to remember our stories together and with God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray, and then we'll sing. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this text, which reminds us of, of just this incredible moment where your people were about to take hold of the land that had been promised for generations, for ages, to a people who knew nothing but wandering in the desert. And Moses reminds them, when you get to that spot, don't forget the, the grains of sand, war calluses on the bottom of your feet, don't forget the ways that God had provided. But piece your story back together. Gratefulness and thankfulness for all that God had done. May we live that way in our lives as well. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. The world might have us say as we cross into the promised land, I did it, I made it. <laughs> but we choose to be grateful. The world tries to to individualize everything but we know our story connects us like so many things we read this text and hear the words of Jesus ringing in our ears not so with you amen amen I, as we uh, conclude I want to pray a prayer of benediction over you ask that you stand and as you do those who are willing and able would you just extend your arms as a physical reminder that we receive this benediction uh, this morning. Lord, make us more and more grateful each day for your provision and for the promises we have had fulfilled in our lives. And thank you for writing us into your story across the ages. May we always remember. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene podcast. 
don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week. Thank you.